is coming, but everything is going to be all right. Anybody want to give God praise for what's already going to come and happen, knowing that it's going to work out for our good? We serve a true and faithful God. And because he is God and God by himself, he's already taken care of what you may face tomorrow. That's what kind of hope and confidence we have in him. Let us pray together. God, we are grateful and thankful again for this day. Thankful for how you blessed us and how you've already kept us. We pray now, God, that you will be with us in this time, that we would hear clearly from you. God, give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to feel your presence. Lord, I ask now for preaching power. The power and anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. Stand in me and speak through me. God, we ask that you speak now. As your servants are listening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we do pray and ask it all. And the people of God say amen. 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 So thankful we are to be here again this day. Uh, as God has seen fit to allow us to make it into this space. And we call Mary's Grove on the first day in the month of December. The 12th month of the year. God is so good that we can give him all of our praise and our worship to him. Amen. John chapter 4, verses 19 through 24 is our text for today as we embark upon our last sermonic series of the year where we will talk solely this month about worship. We will talk only about worship this month. Just want to read verse number 24 to you hearing again uh, for clarity. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. 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 I want to speak and teach today from the thought and just one word, worship. Just that one word, worship. This text that we find in John chapter 4 is part of a conversation. A conversation that Jesus is having with a Samaritan woman. This conversation, Deacon Stanford, is between two people who are commonly not found to be having conversation with each other. It's kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoys. You don't often see them having a good conversation. But Jesus and this Samaritan woman, one a Jew and one a Samaritan, are having a conversation at this well where people draw water from. The Samaritan and the Jew are having a conversation, and this conversation begins in verse number one and fills the first 14 verses of John chapter four. This conversation, Sister Katie, is initiated because this woman is interested in knowing about this living water. She's intrigued. She wants to know, what is this living water? And we find Jesus explaining to this woman about the living water. And the living water that Jesus is explaining to her is him. Because we know that Jesus Christ is the living water. That living water that Jesus Christ is, is the water that man can drink and never thirst again. That water is better than Dasani, it's better than Fiji, it's better than even the water that come out of your tap. Because that water that is Jesus Christ, the living water, will allow you never to thirst again. In verses 1 through 14, they talk about the living water. But in verses 15 through 18, this woman requests the living water. And Jesus promises her that she can have this living water, this water that gives spiritual rebirth. 
However, before this woman can receive the water, they've got to talk about something. Look at your neighbor and say, I wonder what they've got to talk about. These two, Jesus, this Jew and this Samaritan woman, have to talk about her sin. You see, this woman is dealing with a sin issue. This woman had to confess her sin to Jesus before she could be reborn by this spiritual water of rebirth. This woman was troubled. The other women did not want to even go to the well with her. This woman had several husbands, and the one that she was currently with was not even hers. And Jesus was confronting this woman in regards to her sin. And when Jesus confronts the woman about her sin, the woman says, you must be a prophet. And then this woman quickly attempts to change the subject of the conversation, and it takes it away from her immoral ways and to the issues of the Jews and the Samaritans who are bickering and upset and having a conflict in the subject of worship. Isn't that like some of us in the room today? As soon as someone wants to talk about what our issue is, as soon as they want to talk about what our problem is, as soon as they want to talk about what our sin issue is, we want to change the subject. We don't want to talk about what we have going on. We don't want to talk about what our problem is. And as soon as someone wants to push the subject or the topic about us, we quickly look to change the subject. Jesus here does not allow for this woman to change the subject. When she is confronted with her sin issue, Jesus allows her to be the one who learns clearly about worship. Jesus begins to immediately talk about worship with this woman. She tries to talk about two groups, but Jesus talks to her about worship. The woman tried to distract Jesus, but Jesus cannot be distracted. Jesus took this opportunity to stop, have a conversation with a Samaritan woman, and give her a lesson about worship. And church, I need you to understand today that the same way that Jesus wants to teach this woman about worship, God wants us to have that same lesson today about worship. God wants us to understand and practice the concept of true worship. Let me help somebody today and let you understand and know this, that all worship is not true worship. All, right. all worship is not true worship. And we as Christians, we as the Lord's disciples are to practice Jesus's concept of worship. And the only way we can do that is if we know what worship is. Amen. It's amazing. I was looking at Facebook last night and I saw a church come across our, the screen and the church is right here in Memphis. And they were rolling around on the floor. They were crawling on the floor. They were jumping up and down. They were screaming. They were yelling. They were hollering. And they believed that they were worshiping. In the 21st century church, we have a lot of misconceptions about what worship is. Worship is not simply jumping up and down. Worship is not simply rolling around on the floor. Worship is not simply lifting our hands. Worship is not simply clapping our hands. Worship is more than that. We must ask ourselves the question today, or is what we're doing in church Sunday after Sunday really worship? Is worship just coming to church every Sunday? Is worship coming to sit down in the pew and saying, I was here today? Worship is more than that. Mm -hmm. Worship originally meant to attribute worth 
to something or someone else. Worship originally meant to attribute worth to something or someone else. This means if you aren't careful, you can come into Mary's Grove Sunday after Sunday and attribute worth to this building. You can come into this place and attribute worth to the person sitting beside you. You can come in to the men's day event, to the women's day event. You can come into whatever you would like in this space and never truly worship God. That's why when we worship, we must define what type of worship we're engaging in. In the text, the word worship literally means to prostrate oneself before a person, kissing their feet, touching the hem of their garments. Christian worship is the acknowledgement of worth or honor to the triune God. Christian worship is us acknowledging the worth and the honor of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And if you've ever sat down and read your Bible for any moment of your life, you will understand that throughout all of the scriptures, worship is the central theme of the Bible. From Genesis all the way to Revelations, worship of God is in every single book of the Bible. Even in the Ten Commandments, it says, Thou shalt not have any other God before me. That simply means that we are only to worship the true and living God. There's only one God. There's only one faith and one religion. And that God that we, we worship is the God that woke you up this morning. The God that we worship is the one that brought you through last week. The God that we worship is the one who healed your body. The God that you worship is the only true and living God. And when we worship him, we must prostrate ourselves. We must put all of our focus, all of our dependence, our souls are to be focused on him in the way that we worship. Worship is not just coming to church on Sunday. Because, Brenda, you can come to church every Sunday of the year and never worship God. Worship isn't about what we know. We can know the order of service. We can know the songs in the hymn book. We can know the protocol and the bylaws. But that does not mean you worship. Worship doesn't mean you tote your Bible under your arm and you quote scriptures and you memorize all the books of the Bible. Because if you truly know, the devil knows the Bible. But the devil won't worship God. We can go to the church with that preacher who sings. We can go to that church with that choir that sings real good. We can even go to that church who has the jumping organ player. But worship is not about who you know and worship is not about where you go. But worship is not about what you know and worship is not about where you go. Worship is more than what you know and more than where you go. But worship is about who you know and who you know is God. And if you know God today, you ought to be able to give God some of your worship right now. If you have a relationship with him, you should be able to worship God. Worship is about knowing God in an intimate and personal way. And Brother McCauley, this woman in the text knew about worship, but she did not know God. And some of us in this room right now know God, but we don't know worship. Some of us know God, but some of us don't know worship. 
And some of us may know worship, but some of us don't know where to direct our worship. Our worship, our praise, our adoration, our adoring, we should all point it towards God. Christian worship should be directed to God. Worship is not about what we can get out of it, but worship is about what we give to God. Worship is not about what we get out of it, but worship is about what we give to God. Many of us come to get something, and we don't need to be coming all the time to get something. Because what we should often be doing when we come into the sanctuary is be ready to give God something. We should not worry about who's sitting beside us. We should not worry about who's around us. But we should be worshiping to the only audience that matters. And that audience is an audience of one. And our worship should truly go towards God. Worship is not us as the audience and the people in the front as performers. Worship is about our participation. And guess what? God expects us to participate in worship. God expects us to get involved in worship. And our worship should go to the only audience that's in this room, and that is the audience of God. So when you enter into a house of worship and you sit like a spectator, guess what? You're not hurting the preacher. You're not hurting the person beside you. But when you sit with your face frowned up and your hands under your bottom, guess what? You're only disrespecting God. All right. We should have an attitude of participation. And that attitude of participation should be directed to the God of our salvation. And what we understand and should identify today is that if we walk into these doors and get preoccupied with God, our worship will cause us to forget about ourselves. If we get preoccupied with God, we won't worry about who's looking at us. We won't worry about what they're saying about us. We won't worry about who sang this song, who did this on the program, but we'll worry about who we're giving all of our worship to. And all of our worship and all of our praise should go to God. We've got to get preoccupied with God so that we can get unoccupied of ourselves. We should not come in thinking about just us, but we should come in thinking about how can I give God my ultimate worship today? Worship is spiritual. Worship should always engage our spirits. And the Bible tells us what Jesus said. Jesus said, God is a spirit. And our worship should engage our spirit with God's spirit. Our spirit connected to God's spirit will allow us to have true worship. Service on Sunday, Reva, is not just about going through the motions. Our spiritual worship should offer nothing less than ourselves to God. We should offer God nothing less than all of us in all of our worship. And at the heart of our worship, Brother Macaulay, is our relationship with God. Worship is not just a part of the Christian life, but worship is all of the Christian life. Worship is what we were created to do. Worship is what we are called to do. And our worship to God should not depend on how well they sing the songs on Sunday morning. Our worship to God should not be based on who's singing the song on Sunday morning. Our worship to God should not be, uh, be 
conditional about where we are or who's standing up to preach. But our worship should be dependent on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our worship to God comes from within. And we need to be seeking ways to worship God regardless of what goes on around us. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of how bad your body feels, regardless of how you want to do things today, your worship should be what God wants. Your worship should be what God is seeking. And all of your worship ought to go to God. Regardless of what's around you, Malia, regardless of what they may look like, what they may say or what they may do, all of our worship should go to God. So you ask the question today, Mary's Grove, what is real worship? Worship is all that we are responding to all that God is. Worship is all that we are responding to all that God is. Real worship is taking everything that we are and responding to God and everything that he is. Our worship should take all that we are and respond to God for all that he is. Think about that for one second. Think about it. If it had not been for the Lord this morning, you would not have woken up. God is the one who touched you and woke you up this morning. God is the one who put breath in your body. God is the one who let you put one foot in front of the other. God is the one who provided for you and put food on your table this morning. God is the one who put clothes on your back. God is the one who kept your family safe. God is the one who's keeping you right now. And God is all for you. So why don't you give God all of your worship? You ought to be able to give God three seconds of worship right now because he's done something for you. He is all and all for us. God is everything for us. And because he is everything for us, we ought to be able to give him our all in our worship. How can I identify that? Where do I get that from? In Matthew 22, the Bible says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And that is what we should use to worship. All of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. Giving God all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength, all of our emotions, all of our will, and responding with all that you have is all that God wants. God wants all of you, and when he gets all of you, that is what equals real worship. And if you aren't giving God your all, you aren't worshiping. Until you give him your all, you aren't worshiping. Until you give God everything in you, you have not worshipped. This is the concept of worship that Jesus wants us to understand and practice. And just as Jesus told this woman, he told her that the place of worship is not important. But what is important is the object of our worship. Where you are does not matter about how you worship. Who is standing in front of you does not have anything to do with what you're doing. But you can have some of the best worship riding down the highway. You can have some good worship in the shower in the morning. You can have some good worship sitting at your desk when things get rough. 
You can have a good shout session while you're sitting right in the doctor's office and the Lord has delivered you from what you thought what he was going to tell you. It does not matter the place. It does not, not matter where you're at. It does not matter what you're doing. But you can stop at any moment of the day and give God your all. You can worship him in the shower. You can worship him in the car. You can worship him in the bathroom. It does not matter. You can give God your all wherever you may be. Our all, our worship does not matter where we are. As Christians, we ought to practice this concept of worship. Jesus tells this woman that it does not matter where you are, but that all of us can be focused on him at any place and at any time. And as Christians, we are to practice this concept of worship. Here in the text, Jesus speaks to this woman right in verse number 23. We see Jesus speaking to this woman and he says in verse number 23, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. But I like what he says after that comma. He says, for the father is seeking such people to worship him. Jesus lays it out for us right here in the front. Jesus gives us the foundational principle that God is seeking those who will worship him. God is looking for people who will give him their own. God is looking for those people who won't worry about who they're with, what church they're in, what songs have been sung. Jesus is looking for, God is looking for somebody who will give him their all in their worship. And what you may identify, what you need to identify today is this. God deserves our worship. God deserves our worship above any and everything else. He deserves our worship and God wants our worship. He's not worried about your position in the church. He's not worried about this or that. He's not worried about what time you got here. All God wants from you is your worship. That's why worship is important. Because God desires it and God wants our worship. Worship is to be the number one priority in the life of a child of God. Everything we do in church should start and end with our worship. And it should not be to the lights. It not should be to the preacher. It should not be to the building. But our worship should start and end going towards God. God is seeking worshipers. Have you ever asked this question? Have you ever thought, why does God seek worshipers? Does he want us to worship because it makes him greater? Are we to worship God to enlarge his ego? Are we to worship God because he needs us to make his name great? Our God is not like Donald Trump. He does not need people to puff him up or make him sound any better than he is. But our God is already great. Our God already is amazing. Our God is already worthy of our worship. We worship God because of who he is. We worship God for what he does for us. We worship God because he made a way out of nowhere. We worship God because he brought us from the the pit of sin and brought us to sit in a church on Sunday morning. We worship God because of his sovereignty, because of his greatness, and because of his wonderful blessings. That's why we worship God. 
And worship, Deacon Stanford, has the ability to change us like nothing else. Yeah. Worship can change you. And true worship will really change you. And we see this woman in the text was completely and totally changed because Jesus taught her what true worship was all about. And somebody in the room today needs to know that God is trying to release you from the bound up state that you're in so that you can enter into a higher level of worship. God is trying to move you from being one who sits as a spectator and move you to a space of one as a participator. God is trying to move you from a place of sitting like a bump on a log to one who is able to give God all of your worship. If you know like I know, there's nobody greater than him. There's nobody who can do what he does. And because he can do that, I'm willing to worship him. Regardless of where I am, regardless of what you look like, regardless of what you say about me, I am willing to worship him. Is there anybody in the house at 12 o'clock on December the 1st who wants to release themselves from what they're bound up in and say, I want to give God all of my worship. I want to give God all of my praise. I want to give God all of the glory because he deserves my worship. You and I can be changed just like this woman, but we have to come into the realization of what worship is all about. God's purpose for us to worship is to make us reflect the image of Jesus Christ. And how does God do this to us? Through our worship. You become more like Jesus when you worship God. You reflect God's glory when you worship him. It's important to worship because God delights and seeks our worship. We were saved to worship. Anybody in the house saved today? If you were saved, you ought to be able to give God some worship. God wants our worship. And our worship makes us look like Jesus. Now, here is how we can do true and real worship. Verse 23 says what? But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. And verse 24 says what? God is spirit. And those who worship him, Malia must worship him in spirit and in truth. So worship God in truth is to worship him as he commands us. He does not just tell us to worship him, but he actually lays down the foundation for us of how to worship him. God says this in his word that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Please know before you can even worship God in spirit and in truth, you've got to make him your father. You've got to be saved. You've got to be baptized. You've got to become a part of the household and the family of faith. To worship him in spirit means to worship him from the inside out. Many people want to worship God from the outside in. But in order to truly and really worship him, you've got to give God your complete heart. You can't give God part of your heart. You can't give God a third of your heart. You can't give God part of you. You've got to give God all of you. And when you give God all of your hearts, when you give God all of your mind, and when you give God all of your soul, guess what? You can really give God true worship. 
That's the only way we can worship him in spirit is by giving God our complete heart. We've got to love the Lord our God with all of us, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our soul. If you don't give God that, you're not truly worshiping him. You can't give God true worship based on the song that the choir sings, but the song that the choir sings has to be in your heart. The love of God has to be in your heart. And you give God your mind and your soul and your heart, and you can worship him in spirit. Yes. If your worship is only external, then your worship isn't true worship. Yeah. Your spirit, Aunt Mary, must connect with the spirit of God. And when your spirit connects with the spirit of God, you will be able to experience true worship. Amen. To worship God in spirit means to worship him with your spiritual core, trusting and resting in God's love, in God's care. And that's what it means to worship God in spirit. But then to worship God in truth means that we must worship him as God has revealed himself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of us who are better informed in what the scriptures say will be able to truly worship God in truth. The better informed we are of the scriptures, the better informed we can be about how we should worship. The better able we are to enter into worship comes from the better able we are to read and to study his word. I believe the Bible says the truth shall set you free. And if you've been bound up and not able to worship, I encourage you, I implore you to get in the word of God. The word of God will become alive. It will be like fire shut up in your bones. And it will allow you to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. To worship him in truth, you need to saturate yourself in the word. In order to worship God in spirit, you need to give God your whole heart. But in order to worship God in truth, you've got to give him your mind. And your mind will be filled with the word if you will saturate yourself with the word. Saturate yourself with Genesis 1 and 1 that says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. To worship him in truth, you've got to saturate yourself in the word. Saturate yourself with Psalm 139 and 1 that says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You've got to saturate yourself with the word. You've got to saturate yourself with Psalm 23 that says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You've got to saturate yourself with the word that you would be able to worship God in truth. Saturate yourself in Psalm 103 that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. If you're going to worship God in truth, you've got to saturate yourself with his word. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You've got to saturate yourself in the word. You've got to meditate on scripture that is filled with praise and worship for the Lord. When you and when I fill ourselves with the truth, it will overflow in our Sunday worship. The banner above my head says raise the praise. Well, the only way that we can raise our praise and our worship is by worshiping God in spirit and in truth. We've got to get our hearts into the right relationship with God. We've got to give our all to God. 100% of ourselves has to go to God. And then we've got to saturate our minds 
with his word. Church, I'm closing now, but may the Lord bless you real good. But I want somebody in the house to identify before they leave this space today that they're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. We've got to worship God from the inside out. And we've got to saturate ourselves in the truth of God. And we have to see who God really is. And Brother McCauley, when we do that, we will be able to truly stop giving God lip service and give God true laudation. When we start to do that and stop worshiping just on a song and give God praise because he put a song in our heart, we'll give God true worship. When we get to the right space and are able to worship God in the right way, it won't be a ritual, but our worship will become routine. Is anybody in the house today want to give God some true worship? It's five minutes after 12 and you look like God had done anything for you. But I'm going to give God my praise now because he's done so much for me. And I love what Hezekiah Walker says, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is to our God. Every bit of my praise and all of my worship is going to be to God. Amen. And we've got to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. We've got to become active participators in worship and watch God change things in your life. Amen. We've got to become active participants. We've got to saturate our hearts with the spirit of God. And we've got to saturate our minds with the word of God. And then we can worship God in spirit and in truth. Let's stand together. We can worship God in spirit and in truth. So as we embark upon the rest of this month, we shouldn't have any trouble because we know what it takes to give real worship. It's our whole heart. It's our whole mind. It's our whole soul. All of us will allow us to give God all of our worship. Let's pray, God, we are grateful and thankful today that you've given us divine instructions of how we can give you real, authentic, and true worship. We can do that by giving you all of us, our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul will allow us to give you great worship. God, help us to become participators and not spectators in worship. Help us to not have the type of worship that is predicated on who's singing the song. It's not predicated on what the song is, but that our worship is to you just for simply being God. God, we pray today that you will build us up in a way that our worship will become real and authentic. That we will be like this Samaritan woman. That we would learn about worship and that we would want to worship. God, we want to worship you in spirit. So take our hearts right now. God, we want to worship you in truth. So help us to saturate our minds with your word. And then, God, we want to really give you all of our praise. So help us to see you through your son, Jesus. God, give us what we need today. Bless us in the way that we'll stop sitting down on you and start giving you everything we have. That we'll stop keeping our mouths closed 
and worrying about what they say about us or what they will think about us and just give you all of the worship that we have. Because God, you are our all in all. You've given us everything that we have. So we want to give you everything that we have. God, strengthen us where we're weak. Build us up where we're torn down. Comfort our minds where we may not have peace. And strengthen us that we would become the worshipers you've called us to be. God, we pray now there's one who wants to come and give all of them to you right now. That they would make their way. If there's one today who wants to rededicate their life to Jesus Christ, we pray they'll come this way right now. God, we thank you for this 12th month of the year. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your love. And we thank you for your protection. God, bless us in this space that after today our worship will be forever changed. That we would truly worship you in spirit and in truth. God, bless us and keep us. And we'll be careful to give you praise, honor, and glory. It's in the name of Jesus we do ask it all. And let the people of God say amen. amen. God, praise today.